Lord, lead us along paths of all truth and righteousness. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ministry and engagement with other people can get messy. Engaging other cultures can confuse us. And being the people of God in the world can get messy because just when we think that we know something about someone else, we realize we do not. And chaos ensues. The ways we engage with people in ministry can definitely get messy. Our gospel reading is all about this today, but I think we need to take a look about what Jesus is talking about in a slightly more contemporary context. When I was a seminarian, as many of you know, I was able to travel to Myanmar in Southeast Asia for a month. And while I was there, we were able to meet many local Christians and see how they served in ministry. They served in ministry in a country where they were very much in the minority. Now, since I was traveling to Myanmar for a cultural immersion through Virginia Seminary, naturally, the school required a lot of prep work. We were required to do a great amount of reading on how former British colonies governed, how the British colonies were governed, and how the British governed the people who they occupied. We needed to understand the process of colonization so we could also realize the strengths and constraints of sharing Christianity in a non-Western European context. As a seminarian, there was a lot to learn. What I did learn was that by the time Burma, now known as Myanmar, was settled by the British in the mid-19th century, the British began using this divide-and-conquer tactic that made alliances with peoples of the perimeter territory of a country or land in which they wanted to dominate. They forged alliances with these groups to create suspicion and mistrust of the other perimeter groups. And then they together would lead all of these fringe groups into subverting the majority population in the middle of the country. While this tactic worked most of the time for the British, the aftermath and the consequences of their actions have global ramifications even to this day. Think about places like Iraq, Saudi Arabia, Pakistan, Israel, South Africa. And while not British, the same tactics were used in places by Germans, Belgians, and Italians in places like Rwanda, Ethiopia, and Somalia. Do you see a pattern here? Everywhere that colonists went, they used this tactic to dominate and subvert groups of people. They used their tactics to build up mistrust. They played into the hard lines of tribalism and sometimes even created false distinctions among the people that previously weren't really known to exist. In Rwanda, for example, the tribes known as Hutus and Tutsis 
Well, in many respects, they were basically German and Belgian colonial inventions. They hadn't existed as the modern Hutus and Tutsis are known. And that mistrust finally boiled up into a civil war where over a million people were killed. Think about in our very own backyard in the 1980s in Nicaragua and the labeling as the people in power as Sandinistas and then picking another group of people and labeling them as the Contras. The U.S. got involved in this one. How did that work out? Not that great. As I said at the beginning, engaging with others and attempting to understand them and hopefully do ministry with them can get very messy. In Jesus' day, aspects of this would have had even more difficulty than we have now. More difficulty then than we do now. The tribal sentiments tribal sentiments among people was much stronger than anything we know now or recognize. Many of us, or maybe even most of us, have been brought up in societies that teach children at a young age to treat people as their equals, to see people as their equals. And even though that type of education or conditioning or enculturation, even though that whole process is still far from perfect, because nobody is perfect. Most Americans do not have a sense of tribalism in the way that people in the first century ancient Near East would have had. We just don't have it. Think about, think about all those stories that Jesus talks about, that Jesus has to remove distinctions between people like Samaritans, Jews, Galileans, Residents of Jerusalem, Syrophoenicians, Hellenists, Romans, Essenes, Gerasenes, Sadducees, Pharisees, and countless others. In Jesus' day, if you belonged to one of these groups, there wasn't really a way to incorporate yourself into another group. It was not going to happen. No way, no how. Because you were labeled as something by nature of your birth and who your parents were. So doing ministry at that time for Jesus and his disciples and attempting to engage and minister to all of God's creation, all the people of God, was indeed a daunting and difficult task and, yes, very messy. So now take take a step back in and look at our gospel through this lens. Jesus teaching his disciples about being servants for all people. Servants beyond their bloodlines. Servants beyond their families. The kingdom of God cuts through these barriers of family relations, and it cuts through ethnic ties, and cuts through tribalism, nationalism, even through religious sectarianism. The kingdom of God invites us to lose our identities, and reclaim them by finding the essence of life itself in the presence of Jesus, who calls each one of us beloved. 
Okay, let me unpack this a little more. Jesus has just finished calling all of his disciples. He's about to send them out to preach and teach and heal and proclaim this arrival of the kingdom of God. But these are his last instructions. They're tough because what he's doing is pushing the disciples to see themselves differently than the way their culture taught them to see themselves. He's teaching them to see themselves as beloved children of God first, who have good news about this reality of God's love for the entire world. He's teaching them that they can break down barriers, that they can destroy previous boundaries and live their lives with a fearless love that the world has never seen in order to begin that work of restoring all of God's creation to that truly good creation that God intended from the beginning of time. Some of this might not bring peace, at least not immediately, because it is far too beautiful and far too wonderful for everyone in the world to recognize. But he's calling them to move out of their cultural constraints and to be salt of the earth and light to the world in the villages and towns, wherever they might go, to teach people that God cares about them, that God's love for humanity is real, and that all people everywhere must be united and included in this reality of love. And that includes us. Are there any kind of patterns or gravitations or thoughts maybe going through your mind right now about what this looks like in our own society? Do we trust one another more right now or less? Do we make distinctions between one another more now than we did maybe a year ago or five years ago? Are 30 years ago. Do we see one another as beloved children of God, or are we allowing swords of division to cut us apart? Are we letting somehow scales fall back upon our eyes so that we cannot see one another as beloved children of God? I ask this because the gospel of Jesus Christ needs you in the here and now. You are all a part of Jesus' ministry. You are all a part of him, bringing health and salvation to the world because every one of us has been invited, we have been called, to step into our roles as disciples of Jesus in the kingdom of God. Now, we'll talk about this a lot more over the next few weeks because a lot of our readings deal with discipleship. And discipleship is a topic that can last a lifetime. But I'd like to reflect, I'd like you to reflect within yourselves on this thought. Are you building up the kingdom of God by restoring the dignity and respect for everyone around you? Or are you tearing it down in some way? Are you calling out the good in your neighbor even when you might disagree with them on some point of life? Are you seeing the potential for a strong, 
united, love-filled gathering of people sitting in the pews around you? Or are you maybe acting on your own or trying to act in some way like a colonial power and seeking out somehow to divide and conquer? Jesus needs you, my friends. You are his heart and hands in the world. Our job is to see Jesus working in others, especially here when we gather at church. When you step onto the threshold of Trinity Cathedral, you are exiting Phoenix. You are exiting the United States. You are exiting the culture in which you were born, and you are stepping foot into the kingdom of God. Yes, you are. This is the transformative message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We step out of our old selves and we're given a do-over to lose our lives completely for the sake of Jesus and then find them in a, again in such a way that it lets us bless and it lets us heal and it lets us restore the world to the way that God intends. And it starts when we step foot in the kingdom of God. Engaging with others and doing ministry can be messy. No more divide and conquer. Shedding our old lives to claim one where we're loved beyond loved is a bold task. But we will find our new lives we will find our new selves. We'll celebrate who we are as beloved children of God when we walk in God's kingdom together. Today we take the first step. With Jesus, let's find our lives.